1: Welcome back. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganest. St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. Go online at stlouisacura.com and altontoyota.com or use the secret phone number for our listeners, 314-252-0029 to call or text the great Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson or Peter Munganest, and work with them directly. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. And it is our pleasure to be joined for the final time this season here by the great Chris Kerber. Morning, Kerbs. Why is it the final time? Did I get fired? <laughs> Jackson uh, wants to turn his attention to the Denver Nuggets' pursuit of greatness in April, May, June, and we're going to talk about the Nuggets in July. Apparently, he told me so. Yeah. We're just going to keep this oh. thing going. Season recap. Yeah, it's a, oh. it's gonna do, we're going to do a four-week season recap on the Nuggets. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's what the consultants want. So I guess uh, that's what we're doing here. I don't know. I just I just do what I'm told. Curbs, you know that. Uh, I want to do a season <laughs> in review with uh, with you here and get your perspective on. You know, certainly there were a lot more lows than highs relative to expectations. But if you were asked to summarize like a master's thesis in some way, the 2022-2023 Blues season, it's it's one that stands out, not just because they're not going to be participating in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but also it's the first time, at least in my recent memory, and maybe you'll be able to cite a season that, that would compare, where you're coming off of a of a, a really solid playoff with I think some opt, op, optimism from the fan base, certainly some cautious optimism, and then for the season to have the direction that it took, with the roller coaster rides that it took in the early part of the season, it just is a unique St. Louis Blues season. But you're in the booth every night, so you may see it differently. What, what how would you summarize this season?
0: Yeah, I think you know what I guess. Maybe a season where plans went wrong, or maybe you call it a season of mistakes um, in, in one sense. You came out of those first three games, and there were, I mean, talk to Dave Taylor about this when we were just in Anaheim. And even he was saying, man, you got through those first three games, like, boy, we, we've got something yeah, here. Yeah. And then, just, then everything just went kaput after that, and, and it stayed very consistent. Now, look, I don't think they've ever been more than three games over 500. They've never been more than below four games under 500. So they've been consistently right around 500. So that's – to be 500 as a good team, you're consistently inconsistent, um, but you're not bad. So th- this hasn't been a bad year uh, in terms of just – in terms of fans have not – Fans have not been treated to just horrible, ugly hockey like they have in some other markets for a long time. Uh, but it was in a year of met expectations. And I think with, with hindsight being in 2020, you can go back and say, did, should Tarasenko have been moved sooner? You know, that, that, that cloud never fully cleared, in, in my opinion. Um, should you have re signed David Parade? Now, maybe if you did that, maybe this team's in a playoff spot. You're only what, you know, well, before the last game, I haven't looked yet since we played. don't have a game for two days. But before the last game, you're only eight points out of a playoff spot. Four wins, right? So, you know, would, would, would a couple of chemistry things have made your four wins better? I actually believe it would have. But it goes beyond that. It goes to, you know, the first part of the year trying to turn more of those key faceoffs and everything over to Robert Thomas versus Ryan O'Reilly. Um, you know, really the best winger they found to play with Ryan O'Reilly this season really appeared to have been Josh Levo. And that didn't meet the eye test in the end, despite the success they they seemed to try to have. Um, There were just a whole bunch of things like that, and none of it really got traction. So maybe, I don't know, But as I talk through this, because I I wasn't quite prepped for that, but as I talk through it, maybe it's the season of no traction. It would would be a way to do it, where no matter what they tried, you'd see a start of success and then and then nothing really stuck. So, um, and to me, to me, I guess if there's anything that disappoints me most about this season, it's the fact that the way it went cost us. It, it cost us O'Reilly, right? It cost us Barbashev at the deadline. Now, maybe one of those guys or both those guys are going to go anyway because Doug Armstrong's real honest and straight about it. He didn't think he could sign them, but you, you just felt like like. The, the, this, the, the results on the ice made it very clear how Doug Armstrong was going to handle the trade deadline, mm-hmm. and I don't think anybody can argue with the way he handled the trade deadline. I thought no. it was spectacular. Right. So that's the. I don't know if uh, when you get done talking about the Nuggets, we'll circle back and I'll. I'll <laughs> have a better answer for that.
1: Yes, we we have that Nuggets <laughs> thing uh, penciled in, but we can we can call an audible at any moment. All right, if you were to look back on it uh, with. Uh, the, the, the season having the, the winning streak uh, and uh, and certainly, unfortunately, more lows than highs. Is there a moment or a game or an off-the-ice element that stands out to you as being the highlight? So, uh, the highlight. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, you got a winning streak uh, like that, that was... The bell, unfortunately, oh, then yeah, followed he, up. He, we now know the context of the winning streak. It was followed up by a losing streak. Uh, but uh, in the well, moment, it certainly was. was I good. mean,
0: we'd see three or four game losing streaks. We'd say four game. We'd see four game win streaks. <laughs> yeah. It was really, it was really, uh, really kind of crazy uh, in, in that sense. Um, I, I'd have to, I'd have to put a little bit of thought, a little more thought on that. But, but, but I will say this, and this is why I say, like, so I went and I looked at this yesterday. All right. Right now, just kind of going all the way up through Buffalo in the standings. So the teams below the Blues, and then up to the Buffalo. Like I think more embarrassing than the Blues missing the playoffs and anything. If the standings stay the way they are, it's the Buffalo Sabers, it's the Detroit Red Wings, it's the it's the Vancouver Canucks that that you know, and, and those teams that that honestly you're missing the play the the Columbus Blue Jackets, you know. Like you want to talk about years of giving your team bad hockey? If the Sabers miss the playoffs this year, and it looks like they will, they, they're gonna they're gonna miss the playoffs for the 12th straight season. The Blues have only missed the playoffs now, counting this year, ten times in team history. Buffalo's gonna be the 12th straight season. Mm. You know, Detroit will be year seven. Uh, Columbus has missed the playoffs in like nine of ten. Uh, Chicago actually is in a heck of a run, and, and some of these teams, they, they count making the playoffs. Vancouver has missed in six of seven. Now they count they, they count the playoff bubble in 2020 in there. But to me, those teams, even though Vancouver did beat the Blues in the first round, if, if you play that season out, those teams aren't making the playoffs that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I look at those playoff droughts, and then I see Washington and, and St. Louis kind of missing this year after good long runs, championship runs in the mix there. And you're like, okay, the fan base is understanding the retool. But, but here's the difference, Tim. You just had Jordan Cairo hit 70 points for the second straight season. He's one of four players in the last 26 seasons for the Blues to do that. Okay? Robert Thomas, in all likelihood, still could get there in these final two games. But if he doesn't, if it weren't for injuries, he'd have been there. And the same thing with, with Pavel Butchnevich. You know the, the the same three players to hit 70 points in back-to-back seasons. You got to go to the early 8s You got you got Jordan Bennington playing uh, six, getting 60 starts this year. Then there's only three other goaltenders I think that have had 60 starts in a season for the Blues. Uh, there's there's plenty of reason for optimism, and the the, the cover isn't empty here. Uh, I, I love what I've seen from Alexei Toropchenko in the second half, and more importantly, I love that fire we saw from him. Uh, after that one game, and ever since then, and even before then, he's one of the first guys on the ice, he's one of the last guys off, just trying to get better. They're, I'm very optimistic that this team is not going to be in a Buffalo Sabres type, you know, San Jose Sharks type rebuild situation that uh, um, that's going to cost them for quite a while. And and even then, I think the acquisitions of Kapanen and Verana. And we'll see how that pans out over the long haul of a full season, maybe when is on the line and there's more pressure than what they have now. But even then, it just showed that Doug Armstrong said, no, I'm, we're, we're, I understand the fan base. I understand what the market needs. Uh, they understand that a retool is coming and a retool is needed, but I'm going to do my best to make sure it's not a long one.
1: Yeah, that, that's something that I think Blues fans can hold on to. I I realize the returns are, are early, and the sample size is, relatively speaking, small. But that has certainly been encouraging here over the last month with what we've seen from those two guys and some of the young players as a whole. I want to ask you your opinion on this because we're going to get a chance to see it. I'm I'm really excited to watch the Eastern Conference in particular. The Central's still up for grabs. Uh, what are you expecting from the Stanley Cup playoffs Relatively to, relative to the Eastern Conference where it just looks absolutely stacked and the west theoretically is wide open but the colorado avalanche have been a a different team in the last third of the season relative to what they were health-wise in the first half two-thirds of the season so what are your expectations for the stanley cup playoffs
0: i think these playoffs could be absolutely wild um i the cream of the crop of the entire league is clearly Boston. When you set a, a new league record for wins with a couple games to go, you've done something amazing. They have they have the best all around team by far. Uh, but there's amazing question lines, storylines, and question marks. Did, did, Toronto went all in. Kyle Dubas knows if he doesn't get out of the first round, he probably loses his job. Yeah, they went all in. Um, the Tampa Bay Lightning, I don't think you can rule them out. That championship pedigree is still extremely strong despite a few inconsistencies and some personnel changes, but they're extraordinarily well coached. And then, to be honest with you, the Pittsburgh Penguins, who knows? I mean, do they get a last wind under Sidney Crosby and them if they, uh, they hold on and get in there? So there's that aspect of it. In the West, Colorado's coming on, but they're not as deep. Edmonton is better than they were last year, but they they may not, the question mark for them could be the goaltending. The Vegas Golden Knights, a terrific team. Where are they health wise, and how is their goaltending? There's a lot wide open here. Uh, The L.A. Kings may be a team that surprises a lot of people and goes on a deep run. Uh, You know, they still have Kopitar. They still have Dowdy. Some of the famous names that they've had before, and they put a statue outside already for Dustin Brown. Was retired, but having said that, the the Los Angeles Kings play a a style of play that could wreak some havoc in the playoffs. So for me, wide open is going to be the name of the game.
1: Can't, I really I hate that the Blues won't be in there, but I still can't wait to watch the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, yeah. it is, it's going to be something else. Uh, and like you said, West, wide open, and you got the powerhouse in the East, but certainly a lot of worthy challengers uh, to Boston and what they have done setting that regular season win total record. Chris Kerber with us here on 101 ESPN, giving us his perspective on the Blues' 2022 three and 2023 season and the Stanley Cup playoffs. Kerbs, always enjoy the conversation. Thank you so much. Kind, kind, sir. All right, guys. Have yourself an awesome week, Tim. Thanks. You too. Thanks, Take it Kerbs. easy. That's Chris Kerber with us here on Balloon Party, driven by S. St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. and we come back, it's the Little Pittles Tuesday Throwdown. What questions does Jackson have up his sleeve? And don't forget, you can text in to win two tickets to the Blues' final home game tomorrow, courtesy of One ESPN. 314-399-9646 will announce the winner coming up at about 10.55. This is Balloon Party, driven by S. St. Louis Acura, on 101 ESPN.